This morning, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 to 11 and 41 to 50. This morning, we're going to take a little break from our series in the book of Luke because I want to talk to you about God showing up and God showing up through this really well-known story. It's the story of a kid who's a shepherd boy, who's a musician, who's a poet, who's a singer-songwriter, and he's best known as the underdog who defeats this 10-foot giant named Goliath. Verse 1, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Socho, which belongs to Judah. Saul and the Israelites gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and formed ranks against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And there came out of the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was over nine feet tall. And he had a helmet of bronze, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, he had greaves of bronze on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. And he stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, Today I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 41. The Philistine came out and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a boy. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the field. And now listen to what David says here. He says, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, he took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell down on the ground. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, striking down the Philistine and killing him. And there was no sword in David's hand. 
You know, we all love stories of the underdog, don't we? Stories where the bully loses to the scrawny kid. Or stories where one person takes on an entire gang and, and they win. The story of, uh, of maybe this giant obstacle and the underdog overcomes whatever that obstacle is. Most of us, in, in many situations, in one way or in another, we see ourselves as David, don't we? We're the underdog, fighting against some giant that's in our path, standing between us and success, this giant that stands between us and peace. There's this giant that stands between us and the fulfillment of God's will in our lives in some way, shape, or form. Sometimes that giant is this literal giant. Some of you had had to face some bullies, whether it's at school or in the workplace. Some of us had maybe we've faced some intimidation by neighbors. Sometimes the giant in our lives are people. I mean, there are, are people who are obstacles against us. They refuse to help us in our time of need. They refuse to cooperate with us when we're faced to, to, to be put in a team together. Then there are people who stand in our way and we just don't know how to deal with them. Just really difficult people in our lives who are giants before us. There are many of us here this morning who face bigger giants than a bully. Because the giants that you're facing aren't physical giants. There are mental giants that some of you are dealing with. There are some emotional giants that some of us are dealing with. There are some of us who are facing these giants that are in our hearts and are in our minds. Sometimes these giants are situations. There are times in our lives where we're faced with these situations that, that rise up like mountains, like being unemployed and not knowing how we're going to pay the rent and not knowing how we're going to pay the mortgage. And sometimes we ask ourselves, man, how am I going to deal with this problem? How am I going to deal with my kids who don't know Jesus? How, how am I going to deal with this job that I just lost? How am I going to protect and provide and care for my family? I mean, there's, there's a court case going on right now, and everything is stacked up against me. I mean, this is a giant issue that I'm dealing with. And some of us are in situations that just seem impossible to deal with. These situations are so enormous and so huge that we don't know what to do or even where to turn. There's some people here who are carrying grief, giant-sized grief in your hearts, and we don't know how we're going to move forward in our lives. Maybe there's some sort of addiction that you're dealing with, and you want to quit, but this addiction has become this giant in your life. There are some people here this morning who you are facing some kind of illness, and complete healing just looks like a giant before you. Scripture says that Goliath was taunting the army of Israel 
for 40 days. For 40 days, no one was willing to fight this giant. For 40 days, no one was willing to face this giant. They looked at this situation like, this is impossible. There's no way that this can be done. There is no victory in facing this giant. And for some of us here today, we're looking at the giants in our lives and we're saying, I can't do this. I can't face this. This is impossible. I mean, this can't be done. So today I want to ask you, what is it going to take to change your situation? What is it going to take for you to come face to face with your giant? What are you going to do? I mean, are you going to run away and hide from this giant? Are you going to surrender and become a slave to your Goliath? Or will you move forward, face this Goliath, and kill this giant in your life? I mean, we need to start understanding that we've got to come to a place where we're willing to kill the thought that says that this is impossible. This morning, I want to point out a few things that David did when he was confronted by Goliath. And these are some things that you and I can do as well. David, he calls out this giant by name. He calls him out by name. He gave uh, a name to this enemy that was standing before his path. And this is an important thing to do with the obstacles that come in our way. I mean, psychologists even say that When you name something, you can get a handle on it. You can get a grip on it. Those who are in Alcoholics Anonymous know that until you name your problem, you cannot begin to deal with it. So this morning, name your giant. Call it out by name. This is what David said to his giant. He says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of Israel? Who is this person that would defile God? Who is this person that would come against the living God? And all of a sudden, this giant shrinks down to size. This is an important thing for us to do, for you and for me, just like David did. Call out that sin that's holding you back. Call out that addiction that you might be facing. Call out that problem that's holding you back. Call out that situation that you feel is so overwhelming. Start by just calling it out. Smoking, you are a problem. Drinking, you are a problem. Pornography, you are a problem in my life. Lying, you are a problem. Cancer, you are a problem. And I'm going to face you with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the next thing that David does is he casts aside the naysayers. His brothers spoke to him like only older brothers do to their younger siblings. They can put you down, and they can tell you that, hey, you can't do this, and you can't do that. This is what his older brother says to him 
Eliab, David, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, and he burned with anger at him. And he said, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. Listen, David, you're too small. David, you're too young. David, you are full of mistakes. David, you're not educated. David, you don't have enough money. David, you're from such and such a family. I know who you really are, who you're trying to fool, David. And there are all kinds of people who are going to do that to you in your life. There are people who are always saying, you can't do this. And you can't do that. Do you know what the odds are of success? You're not young enough anymore. You're not old enough to begin with. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. And David doesn't give any opportunity for those naysayers to influence him. This is what he does in verse 30. After hearing these comments from his brother, he then turned away to somebody else. He turned away from his own brother. He turned away from his own family. He turned away from somebody who's spewing negativity. He turned away from somebody who didn't show any confidence in God. He turns away from them. I want to ask you this question this morning. Who are the naysayers in your life? What naysayers do you need to turn away from? The ones who have this hold on your mind. The ones who have a hold on how you act and how you behave. Who are those naysayers that you need to turn away from? Which ones do you need to cut out of your life altogether? Which ones do you need to block from social media? Which ones do you need to delete from your phone? I mean, what would happen if you turned away from them? What would happen if you turned away from the ones who say, hey, I know who you really are. How are you even following this Jesus? David turns away. And that's the beginning of his victory over Goliath. The third thing that David does is this. He remembers the things that God had brought him through in the past. Listen to what David says in verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. You know, he's saying, I was able to protect my sheep with the help of the Lord. I killed lions with the help of the Lord. I, I killed a bear with the help of the Lord. Now, it's not like Goliath, but it's close enough for me to know that with the Lord, I can do this thing. With the Lord, I can handle this giant in my life. He's done this for me in the past, and I know that there is nothing that is too difficult for him. 
See, David remembers what God did for him in the past. He remembers that God delivered him and rescued him from a similar situation in the past. And so when you face the giants that are in your life, do you remember the things that God took you through in the past? Do you remember the healing and the miracle and the provision when there was nothing left and God somehow provided for you, do you remember those times? When you were sick and the doctors couldn't help you, but God was there and he healed you, do you remember that time? When you feel so unlovable, do you look back and remember how God lavishly poured out his love for you? Man, I've been healed before. So I know the Lord will save me from this cancer that I'm facing right now. I, I've been in financial difficulties in the past. And so if God was able to provide for me in the past, then he'll do the same now. I've gone back to alcohol. I've gone back to drugs. Or maybe you're saying, hey, I've messed up in my life. But if the Lord forgave me then, then surely he will forgive you today. I'm going to ask Tim to come forward as we begin to close the service this morning. I want you to hear what David says near the end of our chapter in verse 45. You have come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel's who you defy. David's confidence wasn't in the weapons that he had. His confidence wasn't in the sword. It wasn't in the shield. His confidence wasn't in armor. His confidence wasn't in what the world offered him. His confidence wasn't in his family. It wasn't in his friends. His confidence wasn't in the advice of other people, even if it was good advice. All of his confidence rested in who God was. The Lord was somebody that David knew he could count on. I want to ask you this morning, where does your confidence lie? When the going gets tough, do you look to the advice of your friends? Do you look at what's available in your bank account? Do you look at how much credit you have available to you? Do, do you fall for the tricks of the enemy? Do, do you fall for the junk that's in this world? Do you resort to drinking or to something harder when you're depressed or when you're bored? Do you fall to temptation on the computer? Do you fall for the lies that say you're not old enough and you're not young enough and you're not smart enough and you're not strong enough and you're not good enough? Is your confidence in what other people are saying about you? Is your confidence in what other people are thinking about you? Or 
Is your confidence rooted and grounded in the name of the Lord of hosts? Now we need to learn how to put our confidence in Jesus. We need to learn how to put our trust in Jesus in the most difficult situations. When we're facing those giants in our lives, we need to trust God. When our kids get involved in things they shouldn't be doing, we need to trust in Him. We need to trust God when our jobs are on the line. We need to trust God with our immigration issues. We need to trust God when we have a health scare. And we need to trust God when we face Goliath. This morning with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I'm going to invite the prayer team if you would come forward this morning. If you want to see the giants in your life lying dead at your feet, then there's a couple things that I want you to remember. Number one, God is greater than your giant. God is bigger than anything that you might be facing this morning. I want you to remember that the God who worked in your life in the past will still work today. The God who provided for you in the past will provide for you today. The God who has healed you in the past will heal you today. The God who forgave you in the past is ready to forgive you today. You don't need a new method to defeat your giant. You just need to use those weapons that God has given us like prayer and faith and the word of God and it's enough to do the job for you. What is your giant this morning? Would you call that out by name? Whether it's a giant of sin or some difficulty in your life, it can be defeated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning I challenge you to bring that giant to the feet of Jesus today. So right now, all over this room, we're just going to do some business with God this morning. And as Tim leads us in some more worship, if you need prayer, these, our prayer team is ready to pray with you. Tim, would you lead us?